Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti here. Got a new friend, Josh Kirby, uh, Dr. Kirby. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Yes, um, and you're uh, a friend of Steve Lytle, a, a contemporary. A, a, um, you work with him over at Sparrow House. What do we call it? Sparrow, Sparrow House Counseling. Sparrow House Counseling. Come, we tend to just say Sparrow House. Yeah. Sparrow House. I like it. Yeah. And We're so, both partners at Sparrow House Counseling, and yeah. I'm the newest addition to that how, ownership team. How so. long have you been in? I've been there for five and a half years, Okay, um, maybe a little more, and um, I stepped into the partnership uh, here at the beginning of the year. All right. So. Fantastic. Now, your um, your journey to becoming a counselor, a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. thought, we were just talking about before, you thought you might be a coach uh, back in the day. How did how did you get into counseling? Yeah. Um, yeah, originally I, I got a degree in business okay. and, uh, and an MBA and stepped out into the business environment and bounced around to a few different jobs in my 20s um, and always had an interest in psychology. In fact, in, in college, my favorite courses were around organizational behavior and oh, leadership. Yes. Um, Those are pretty interesting. They are. In, in yeah. fact, if you a lot can get of case a, studies. A lot of case and, studies, yeah. a good mm-hmm. book that just kind of leads you to kind of mm-hmm. look at people and you examine things. You're mm-hmm. like, why did this fail? Why did this work? And all of a sudden oh, you yeah. go, this is a pretty interesting thing. This is thing. cool. This yeah. is cool. That's And every job I had, uh, the the trajectory of kind of my role would kind of lean toward, you know, managers kind of coaching me more toward being the sales manager as opposed to the, you know, the lead, lead sales guy. Gotcha. So there was always like a, a move toward being more of the coach um, mm-hmm. consultant role within a, a company. Um, but regarding coaching, I had started coaching high school track and field mm-hmm. on the side for about three years and just loved it. And so there was some, there's some, there's something kind of addictive about coaching young athletes um, it, was that, so that it is. It's so. It's yeah. so much fun. Um, it's. Yeah. Uh, it's incredibly time consuming yeah. um, to pour all that energy into them. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's fun to watch them as yeah. they as they grow and as they develop as they mature and yeah. and then you see the fruit mm-hmm. of that labor mm-hmm. right and you just you watch that energy yeah. out there. And it is. It's a really neat thing to be a part yeah, of. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I, I loved it. I was I was in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. I was at a, an amazing all boys school. Just a tremendous amount of support. Okay, and they welcomed me in to to help coach. And of course, I started thinking, could I do this full time? This yeah. is a lot of fun. Now, did you have a background in track? I did. Okay. Yeah. I ran track in high school and in college. What were your events? Uh, I was a quarter miler or, you know, 400 Ooh. meter. Oh, and, that's uh, awful. High that's, jump. Yeah. You're yeah. actually, you're built like a quarter miler. So I know yeah, we're, on, we're on audio only. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, what does he look like? And I'm like, okay, he looks yeah. like a quarter miler. So yeah. people can just kind of thin, tell. Yep. long legs. Yeah. You look like, um, you know, when they, when they do the 400 meters, you're mm-hmm. like, I'll do it. And the rest of us are like, you got to be kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way too long. Yeah. And well, I was, uh, my primary event was high jump and uh, okay. had some injuries in college and kind of battled through that. And so kind of defaulted to, to just running um, for about half the time and, uh, you know, to kind of stay on the team. Yeah. I wanted to be involved. And so they stuck me on the relay in college. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough race. It but, is. But I love track. I love competition. My father was a high school coach okay. in, right out of college. That was what he was going to do. And we yeah. both have a competitive nature. And 
one of the reasons he got out is he said, I can't just stick around in high school. I'm going to want to be the next college coach. And uh, that involves a lot of sacrifice moving. Yeah, yeah. And so partly why I didn't kind of move in that direction was just the lifestyle of sure. of moving every couple of years to find the right job. I knew I was too competitive to just stick at one high school for 30 yeah. years or yeah. something like that. Totally. Um, but I was, I was fascinated by the psychological side of, of sports and reading everything I could around sports psychology and trying to implement some of that with my athletes. And so... Um, I started thinking about a, a different career. What would that look like? My, my mother um, is in the mental health field. She's a counselor. Okay. Um, she has her PhD in marriage and family therapy. Um, and so for a couple of years uh, while I was coaching and, and still working a, a business job, I uh, started to think, what would a career look like in a different space? Whether it was in business, using some of that organizational behavior, um, um, organizational dynamics kind of track. Right. Or go back and create a full career with a with a, an educational background, psychology, and I chose the latter. And so I think I just turned 31 and I moved to Los Angeles and enrolled at Pepperdine University's master's program in psychology. And within about two months, I said, I want to go all the way. Yeah. I want to I become a psychologist. And so I built a resume to get into a doctoral program. And then I got into UT Southwestern here in Dallas, which okay. is how I ended up here. Okay. And um, yeah, and then became a licensed psychologist and stepped into private practice. Very good. Yeah, so that's the route. That, that is the route. Um, and you like to see um, athletes, right? You mm-hmm. like to see business professionals, yes. I mean, just kind of guys who are uh, driven and mm-hmm. uh, and when there's kind of just bumps along the road, mm-hmm. right? They may end up in your office and yep. just kind of say... That's a good way to put it. Right. Like, hey, yeah. what, what's going on, right? Yeah. Especially people who yeah. they're used to succeeding, um, mm-hmm. And when something happens and all of a sudden, like, yeah. you know, this isn't going the normal way, right? I'm, yeah. I'm used to, you know, getting yeah. up, you know, su- success yeah. happens because I put in the work. And all of a sudden, something kind of takes you back and sends you on a different route. Yep. So what, is it, what does that look like as you're, as you're talking to um, yeah. a young guy who kind of has a setback yeah. in life? Well, there's a percentage of people that come and seek counseling, um, you know, maybe more toward the, the conversation that you and Steve had a few weeks ago that are saying, look, I'm depressed. Mm. I'm dealing with some significant anxiety. I need help. Um, but the other side of that, it's a pretty, you know, a strong swing to the other side because there's not that middle pocket of men that come in and say, I just want to talk. <laughs> you know? Hey, you got time to talk? Yeah. They come in <laughs> yes, and they say, there's been a bump in the road. Yeah. Yeah. And then now this is happening. Okay. And I, think I need some help or I need some help or whatever, wherever they add on that spectrum, or my yeah. wife thinks I need some help Amen. or my mom thinks I need some help. That's right. Or I did counseling as a teenager. So I kind of have some experience. I figured I'd try it again. So there's some, at least some openness, which is all you need in counseling. It's Amen. just a window. Just of give openness. me a, yep. ask a right? question. <laughs> ask a question. Just get curious about what's going on. Yep. And so that's where, you know, you talk about, you know, the athlete or the business professional that's used to clicking through life, and then something happens, how they end up in my office is um, I'm not sure what happened because I've always known what happens next, and right now this feels different, yep. and I need some help. So. Yeah. yeah. So what, what kind of things as you deal with that? Are, are you looking at um, kind of examining – uh, you know, hey, let's let's step back into mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. Um, or do we just kind of deal with the situation that's in front of us and just say, you know, how, do, how do we get back on track? Yeah. For me, as the, as, the, as the counselor or the psychologist, I'm always trying to get as much background information. Yeah. How that plays out in our dialogue kind of depends on the person. Okay. You know, if someone comes in focus and says, hey, I've gone, hit this bump in the road. This is how it's showing up. I need some help getting back on track 
right? They may be just a little further along in their own sense of self-awareness and yep. they just need a little bit of a tug. Um, but I would say that's maybe 25% of the time. Um, most of the clients in there have some history, whether it was in their family system growing up mm-hmm. or somewhere in their adult life where they've gone through something and haven't worked through it. Yeah. Something and, that needs to be uncovered a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, and now it's showing back <laughs> up. And I think I mentioned before we started, like I've, I've worked with, with men that show up and um, find out like they might've had a, a foot injury and they haven't been able to run in the last two months yeah. because, um, you know, they're, they're recovering and they're talking about all these broader stressors and we come back and say when did this start and sometimes it's like you remember when you hurt your foot and mm-hmm. you could, like sometimes just those little little fractures you know, you know psychologically you know that that send us in a direction where life's kind of running on its own and we're not in control yeah well but i i sometimes like those little fractures yeah. um because they allow you to deal with some things that um at some point um we've sort of smoothed over gone on uh, Mm -hmm. and haven't dealt with. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. I think uh, as men, that's one of the things in our culture Mm -hmm. that uh, we're kind of expected to do, right? You know, it's just, you know, get up and go to work tomorrow and everything will be okay. And um, I don't really care about your childhood and, you know, Mm -hmm. your your daddy issues Mm -hmm. and all the different things. Mm -hmm. And it's like the reality is, is um, who we are is Mm -hmm. is a makeup of all those different experiences that we've had. And and sometimes not allowing us to mm-hmm. take the wounds, mm-hmm. right? The hurts, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, the unrealized expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of working through those um, mm-hmm. is going to, in, in some sense, right, is going to shortchange us from moving past that to something else, yeah. right? There's, yeah. there's a, just something that comes along in, in sort of God's grace of us mm-hmm. saying, hey, we need to deal with that, right? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to slow mm-hmm. you down long enough to mm-hmm. deal with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me a broken foot. Okay. And, and how you've manage that in your life before has quote unquote worked. Yeah. And exactly. It's no longer working. Yeah. And that's a good way of putting it, yeah. right? I've yeah. wh- and, I th- whether and, it's- I, and I see that in God's grace of mm-hmm. giving us that room to work around that until he says, well, um time to deal with it. Time to deal with it and 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 uh find me in this. Yes. You know, so yeah. I mean, that's ultimately, right, sure. the, the, the great thing that we're looking for, mm-hmm. right, is mm-hmm. is getting an understanding of who we are in him, mm-hmm. right, is, is mm-hmm. you know, who have you created me to mm-hmm. be and why have you allowed these things to happen? It's it's not as if the issue itself mm-hmm. is the defining concept of our life, mm-hmm. but it's why does God allow things to happen in our mm-hmm. life? I mean, I, you know, you go through scripture and it's, it's amazing how God allows so many different trials, tribulations, difficulties, mm-hmm. stressors, right, things into the life of his saints, and yet... Right, he's there every step along the way, and he yeah. demonstrates mm-hmm. his provision, right, and his way of you know moving through life. And you know, it's like it's not like he's just leaving you out there on your own to figure it out. It's like no, you gotta you gotta trust me, right? That's right. We'll, we'll walk along this path and yeah. we'll figure it out. How much of the spiritual part do you get to bring in? Right? Is it mm-hmm. is it a? I mean, I think it's a Christian based. Yeah. So as guys come to you, <clears throat> right? Do they obviously don't have to be Christians as right. they come in, right. as they're looking for you know some guidance, some help, mm-hmm. some conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what do you do with somebody who's not a believer mm-hmm. as you try to wrestle with things and you see, hey, this is obviously going to be a spiritual issue? Yeah, is that a difficult conversation to have? Um, I think it was early on when I was learning how to yeah. work out of um, 
while holding on to my worldview without biasing how I'm showing up with with someone. Okay. Um, but that's part of learning to be a therapist yeah. is just you sit in the chair enough, you kind of understand how to uh, be in the room with anybody. Um, most of the clients that come to Sparrow House are of some faith background, right. Christian background. Yeah. Um, some are not. Um, so when they are, um, like anybody of, of varying cultural backgrounds, I, I have to slow down my biases or assumptions. Yeah. I may hear what church they go to and immediately think, but even then, yeah. right? Right. It's just, it's almost too much information, yeah. you know, to slow down imparting. So, you know, some clients will come in and, and from the, right off the bat, you're in that conversation. And then you've just, you know, you're just making sure you're not stepping on their toes and creating room for that dialogue. And, and if, and if I offer some, some, let's say some biblical wisdom and I'll know pretty quickly if that's too much to impart exactly, or, or if they're feeding that or if they're taking it in and, yep. and, and they're not thinking because yep. they're just, I'm preaching at them. Yeah. Um, but for someone who doesn't have a faith background, um, I'm obviously going to take a little bit more roundabout approach. You know, my job, at least as I believe it, is not to preach the gospel um, to them, but to be a safe, caring place. Yeah. Um, they know they're at a counseling practice that right. is exactly. run by Christians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what my worldview is, right? right? And where it, I get my wisdom yeah. from. So yeah. yeah. So then it's you, you can know, put I, you can put it out there, and people can pick up what they want. And I had a supervisor in that. Yeah early uh, training period where um, I was learning how to be in the room with people of vast varying, you know, vast variety of uh, cultural backgrounds. Right. And um, that supervisor, you know, who's given me all this technical and relational kind of wisdom, she just said, look, when you close that door, God's not standing in the hallway. He's in here, you know. It's like, thank you. I needed yeah. to know that. Yeah. It's interesting. I get in a lot of conversations with young people. And it's mm-hmm. it's funny because it's – it's one of the things where I, I just kind of call it like, you know, leaving breadcrumbs, cl- right? Mm. It's like, I'll, I'll leave a trail of breadcrumbs and I'll kind of watch what, which one you pick yeah. up and then we'll go from there, yeah. right? So it's like, I'm, I'm not trying to, yeah. you know, just kind of direct you, right? It's like, I want to see mm-hmm. what's interesting to you, what mm-hmm. you'll pick up. And then mm-hmm. once I realize, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so this is where he wants to go, yeah. right? Now I can kind of figure out that's that's yeah. what's interesting I to you and we can, we can kinda, yeah, we can kind of make that connection. And it's funny yeah. how... You know, some people, they don't pick up the crumbs that you're putting out there, and you're like, okay, yeah. so <laughs> got to yeah. try a different way because <laughs> right. they're not picking up on what I'm yeah. putting down there. So well, and interesting thought. And that's understanding our relationship with Christ yeah. is that when, you know, what you're talking about working with young people or in my role in a counseling setting are to, to help them to or to to be in relationship with somebody is is about attuning to them. Right. Right. Absolutely. Just can I pay attention? Yes. And no matter how much psychology I know or how much you spend time with people and how much emotional intelligence you have, it's imperfect. Yes. And that Christ knows us perfectly. Yeah. So when he's giving us room or he's disciplining in this way, when God is speaking to us in that way, he knows exactly what we need at every single moment. And to remember if we're at, you know, you know, I read, um, I think it was Chuck Swindoll's book on the mystery of God's will year, years ago. Okay. And the kind of the statement was, you know how you know it's God's will? Is it's happened, you know? And it's, you know, it's those simple statements in these, you yeah. know, these books that are like, of That's course. That's true. That's right. right. Yep. And so um, I think that, 
you know, in terms of helping people is to say, just pay attention. And yeah. you're not going to do it perfectly, but yeah. just pay attention and then lean in. Yeah. Right. If, whether it's a breadcrumb or I've got a window here and I'm just going to ask that real direct question. Yes. Right. And I'll get a, a sense real quick if that's too uncomfortable. Yep. Or, you yep. Know. Yeah. You pick so. up on that quick. One of the things we want to talk about is just the, uh, the idea of a young man um, going through life. Um, and, and one of the things that, that you and I are both seeing, um, I'm kind of seeing it with, you know, our alumni, once they leave here, um, you know, a lot of them are going to college, going out there into the work world. Um, and it just seems like there's a, there's a huge um, time period now where mm-hmm. um, life is kind of pushed back and delayed. Um, you know, and you're, you're probably seeing it more mm-hmm. from um, the guys who are in, you know, the late 20s, early 30s moving on. But yep. just kind of that thing of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what would you say to that young guy who – um, expected to be, you know, married and having three kids at the age of 25, like his parents and grandparents did living in the country. And right. It's just, it's a different time, a different age, a different culture that we live in. Um, I've noticed that things move super rapidly. And the next thing you know, right, your, your twenties are behind you and you know, you're, you're 30, you were in, the, in that similar situation, mm-hmm. right? You, you thought mid thirties. Yeah. You yeah. thought you'd be married and have kids by then. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, why, yeah. why is every, and it seems like everybody else is, mm-hmm. but you, but mm-hmm. in reality, there's a lot of people that yeah. I don't know what that delay is and what mm-hmm. it's for. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it just kind of the way the culture is mm-hmm. right? Speak to that for a young guy who's in that, in that situation <clears throat> saying, you know, th- mm-hmm. this isn't going like I planned. Mm-hmm. What, what do I do with that? Yeah. Well, I think there's kind of two sides to it in terms of the expectation. Um, speaking of me, I'm the, I'm the oldest of three. Okay. Um, my brother married at 22 and my sister married at 25. And when I came out of college and I'm in my early 20s um, or early to mid 20s, um, and, and this is just maybe being the stubborn oldest son, um, I thought, I'm not getting married, you know. I went to a small private Christian college where uh-huh. there was ring by spring and it wasn't going to be me. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. <laughs> there you go. But there was some expectation that it'll just happen. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so that I didn't feel that urge at 23 or 24, maybe even 25, but I thought somehow it's just magically going to happen. Yeah. So there was something within me that was telling me, um, I'll get there. It'll happen. But by the time I started to reach probably around 27, I was like, wait a second, this isn't happening. Yeah. So my expectations, when it was say two sides, is you know, you, you can have rigid expectations right. and then you can have the expectations of that are just assumed. So you're not really paying attention to them, but you recognize it when you're disappointed because exactly. they're not met. Right. Right. And so, you know, temperament, personality, outside voices in your life are going to determine which side of that you are on. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a more anxious person, you're probably going to be a little more rigid. If you're someone that's a little more go with the flow or avoidant, you know, you're going to be a little bit more unassuming and then be hit with that disappointment. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the culture aspect, clearly there is a cultural shift in that, just in the age of, of mirroring and, and, and you know, you see people holding on to jobs less. There's more of this uh, autonomy. Um, there's l- certainly less of the, the cultural pressure, right? But, you know, like anything that young kids do, when more of them do it, more of them are going to follow. Right. Right. And so in terms of being a good thing or bad thing, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. I really don't know. I mean, I, I think I mentioned to you before we started, my, my wife and I got married. She's a little younger than I am, but I got married in my late thirties 
and much later than I thought I would, mm-hmm. would have. Um, and I'm happy it happened at all. So <laughs> there's no complaining here. Right. Um, but one of the things we kind of say to each other is, this would have been really nice if we would have just figured this out at 22. <laughs> right. And so even on the other side of it, you're looking back. Yeah. Right. There is no way to avoid the sense of expectation, the sense of um, something will work out in this way, either because that's what I've been told of how it should work out, it's what I've seen, yep. um, or even if it's an authentic desire, right? There's no way to, to go through life without a sense of expectation, nor should we not have expectation, right? So when I'm working with a, a young man who's coming in, whether let's say they're 24 or 27 or 31, wherever they're at, my job isn't to help them clarify expectations and then go meet them. Right. My job is to open you're not, you're up. You're not some, a life coach, right? right. To, what, do you, what do you want? Let's right. get, let's accomplish. And there may that. be some element of that. Yeah, a little bit. But for the most part, it's what is it like to have expectations? Can I just put some room around? Um, what's it like to have expectations not be met? Okay. How do I sit in disappointment yeah. for a moment so that I can grieve and move on? Right. And I think we get when we don't do that through varying missed expectations, we will hold on to something. Yeah. Right. It may look like we're moving along, but we'll hold on to something. And it will show up in our life. There's no there's no there's not a lack of consequence of holding on to something. Yeah. It will show up yeah. at some point. Um I think that's how God created this. Is yeah. is is I'm, I may be patient with you, or I'm, I mean, and 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 I and I, there's grace and mercy for how you're living your life, but at the right time, this is going to come up, right? And for some people, that is rock bottom, and for some some people, it's much more subtle. It may be a foot injury, that kind of just, you know, yeah. As you start processing some things, what what about the idea? Um, I'm thinking of you know unmet expectations. Um, the, the whole concept of like just learning to trust God, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think as as I listen to people as and as they put their life plan out for me, right? And you know, remember, most of the people I'm dealing with are in high school, so they're starting, mm-hmm. you know, kind of looking forward, right? And and I and I listen to them, and I don't hear um, God as a part of the equation mm-hmm. that they're trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's kind of an interesting thing. Is like, you know, well, here I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to do this, I'm going to study that, and I'm always like. What does God want you to do, mm-hmm. right? Where where does that play mm-hmm. in? Mm-hmm. Um, even what college do you go to, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I think about that whole concept now is, you know, we think that the college I'm going to get into is going to be based on the grades that I have and, you know, the letter that I write to the particular college counselor who's going to read it and mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, Josh mm-hmm. Kirby, why is he not here? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you know that God can direct, mm-hmm. right, things in your life and orchestrate so that he can place mm-hmm. you at different places? positions and, and use you for different things. And it's like, why don't we take that into consideration mm-hmm. um, where, hey, I didn't get into the college that I wanted and you're disappointed. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what if God didn't want you there? Mm-hmm. Now it's not a disappointment. Now it's an anticipation of, well, where's God going to take yeah. me? You know what I mean? And that, this, yeah. uh, that whole equation, 
as a young person thinking about that, you know, well, I didn't get that particular job. Well, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe God wants you to a different place. Maybe he wants you at a different city, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what, yeah. what does that play into that whole, if the expectations aren't being met, how do we step back from that mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, bring mm-hmm. some different factors into the equation? Yeah. Well, just to speak to the young people, like you were talking about, it feels like they're those conversations you're having mm-hmm. with people. Um, I do think that more so today, that's pervasive across the the, the landscape, uh, a mental landscape for young people. Yeah. Um, whereas maybe as you were growing up, you you would see that more um, expe- uh, achievement orientation more in pockets. Okay. Um, you know, pockets of, of where you live, you know, maybe it's in the, um, you know, the private schools. Right. Right. Whereas now it's everywhere. Yes. It's everywhere. And, you know, some of that has to do with just the options we have, the, um, the sense of uh, media gratification and entitlement that yeah. just kind of pervades our culture. And so I think you're seeing that everywhere. Um, and, you know, when you have kids everywhere, especially on social media that are all kind of saying these things. Um, you know, it's like I said a minute ago, when kids are doing it, more kids are going to follow. Yeah. And, and it produces that stress and anxiety yes. that people are now dreaming dreams that they never had before. Yeah. And maybe those aren't even realistic dreams or expectations yeah. for that particular person. We're where just they not, are. we're not created to live like that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's kind of a phrase I say when I'm working with, 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 some of the families or, you know, men or women in the, in the families and some of these more super high achieving, right. um, families is, um, more is never the answer. <laughs> right. And, and, and some of the looks I get is like, what are you talking what about? What are you talking about? Yeah. More you is mean, always the answer. Always the answer. <laughs> another select baseball team to play on yeah. another, you know, whatever it is. It's yeah. like, you know, and, and so some of it's just helping people work through some boundaries, but in terms of, um, yeah, that learning to sit with that expectation and see what is God teaching me, showing me in this moment, right? A, if a child and a young adult has not seen that modeled before, either in their home or in their church or in their school, they will not naturally learn that. Right? They just won't. They will go with whatever the system they're in is telling them. Um, um, expects of them, they will internalize those expectations and then we'll go play it out. Yep. Right. And so for a lot of my clients who grew up in homes where one, they didn't know what to do with expectations. And so then they picked it up in their environments mm-hmm. or those expectations were um, driven into them early on without that, um, that, um, listening and learning from God along the way, yep. right? We have to trace that back. Say, how did you learn to operate in this place and how do you let that go? And that's scary yeah. because that performance and that achievement orientation and that next thing orientation um, has worked, is, is built a sense of, there's parts of their self that are built around that. Yep. And to let that go, it feels like what will be become of me, right? And it may be you're going to get to the end of your rope and you're going to find yourself leaving your your sales job and going to be a ministry. Yeah. Or whatever that thing is you feel like you're giving up. I'm giving up wealth for 
this, yeah. right? Well, that, and right. that's how it's always kind of framed, though, mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. Like um, when God calls you to something, mm-hmm. right? You're, yeah. You know, you're you're definitely leaving something, yeah. and I'm always like. You know, I, I spent my whole career, right, kind of doing ministry type mm-hmm. jobs, um, and I never felt like I was making a sacrifice because yeah. I always felt like God was calling me to mm-hmm. what He called me to, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, I, I just want to be where God wants me to that's be. That's right. And and what I tell people is that maybe, but if that's the case, trust me, you'll step into that humbly. But if it's not, you might just be a less anxious salesperson <laughs> with a stronger connection to your family and your God. Totally. You know. Yep. Yeah. And usually when that is communicated is, oh, that's what I want. Yes. I'm like, yeah, I already know. Yeah. I know that's what you want. Yeah. But you have to let go of something that, uh, that you didn't even know you were holding on to. Right? And yeah. that just takes time. It is. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good, though, conversation to have. Um, I, I, think, I think about a lot of young men starting their careers Mm -hmm. Uh, And just kind of that anticipation of where we're going and what we're doing. And it's funny, um, I've got a group of young men and I'm I'm putting together a podcast with this group um, that all kind of, you know, kind of ran the rat race, right? You know, followed the, you know, here's the career path and here's the money and here's the stuff. And they all, you know, did it for a few years and they went, wow, we're making some major sacrifices for our family. Mm -hmm. Um, And they started to kind of step back. Mm. Um, And so just kind of that, you know, that that question of um, what are you willing to give up to get mm-hmm. what you think you yeah. want? Yeah. What do those things look like? So I think that's a good conversation for, you know, guys to it's have a great conversation. And you, you said a, the earlier, the better, a great way to put that is to step back. Yeah. Um, and if we, no one teaches us or shows us how to step back, yeah. you just won't. Yeah. Or, or you'll check out, which yeah. is different than stepping back. Totally different. Totally, totally different. different. Oh, well, that's good. Um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate yeah. you spending some time with some guys. Um, we'll put your you know information in there for guys to yeah, be able to contact do. you because I like that. Can I just have a conversation with you? I think mm-hmm. you're, you're a guy that can have a conversation with somebody. Um, the earlier the conversations, the better, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to waiting for something you know dramatic to happen in your life. But uh, God will get your attention one way or another. So Yes, he will. Yes. So. Yeah, well, and I, I was, I'll just say this. I was on the Bible app and the verse of the day was from first John four. Okay. And so I just had this on my mind today as I'm reading down through first John four and it talks about, you know, um, you know, perfect love cast out fear. Yeah. And it says fear is, um, is, is about punishment. Okay. And I was thinking about this as, as we're talking that a lot of times, you know, young men, have grown up in this expectation of of achievement or success or building this next, um, you know, whatever that next thing in life is that's yep. going to fulfill yep. or check the box, right? And that if they don't get there, there's a fear. That's right. Right? And the relationship with God sometimes sounds like this, I'm being punished. Yeah. As opposed to I'm being disciplined. Yeah. Which is a parent of of young kids now I recognize there is a big big difference difference. (laughs) between there needs to be a consequence for a child's behavior and if it's of punishment or of discipline matters because they will internalize that punishment right and so I I was just thinking about that today yeah and sometimes God just corrects and steers just corrects right where it's not punishment and it's not even discipline it's Mm -hmm. just Right, we need to we need yeah. to move away from something that's going to be harmful. Yeah. Right, parenting is is all a part of that. Mm-hmm. So that's those, those are good. That's good conversation. Yeah. Very helpful for some young guys to be thinking through. So, Josh, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, take care.
Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.